The Tangent Egg Podcast is aimed at a mature audience. It contains themes that are not appropriate for all listeners. It's important to note that we are not experts. We routinely have no idea what we're talking about and are just three idiots sitting around a table. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Tangent Egg Podcast. I'm Seth and with me is Swoosh. We don't have Dan today, but we have been able to get back the uh, wonderful Oliver Brackenbury to talk to us again. I'm wonderful. Hello. <laughs> That's a, I mean, a minus extra. Oh, he called me dear. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you're you're an infectiously wonderful person to talk to, so I consider it quite valid. Yeah. No, no. I just I just like saying that because it makes me it makes me sound like the only child desperately seeking validation that I am. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, aren't we all? It's, it's half the fun. So we, we have Oliver back again because he is getting ready to get started with issues three and uh, three and four of the sword and, the New Edge Sword and Sorcery magazine that he's been working on, and uh, yes. he's here to talk to us about issues one and two's production, tribulations for three and four, and what might be coming down the pipe. Thanks for having me back, guys. I feel like the magazine's been growing up sort of on this show, right? Because you were kind enough to have me. Uh, in the fall of 2022, when I was like just about to get issue zero out, and I was yeah. like, "How do you even make a magazine? I don't know. Let's see what happens." Yeah. Uh, and then they were kind enough to help me boost issues one and two as we went into the crowdfund uh, last year, where I was so terrified. I did. I had no <laughs> idea if we were going to succeed. I'd worked very hard for it, and my collaborators had worked very hard with me. And it's not. Let's be clear. It's not just me. Um, but I didn't. I, I was so terrified I did, I, that we might not succeed. I didn't ask any of the writers to do any of the writing. I just was like, "Don't do anything." I, I was to be so sad if you you wrote all these stories and then we didn't fund, and I just yeah. had to tell you to fuck off. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> um, so, so now you know, here we are. Uh, another year's gone by, um, and it really just feels like the right thing to do is to come in and check mm-hmm. in with you and be like, "Oh well, you know, and this is where we are now." <laughs> so, <laughs> Somehow we're still we're, go, we're still going, and it's good to see the you know, magazine is still thriving. From what I can see, it's doing very well. Yeah, no, I I, I think um, you know, knock on wood and all that stuff, uh, we continue to arc upward. It continues to feel mm. like the right thing to be doing. I am increasingly finding that I love being a publisher, and it's something that I'm suited for, and that it feels like yeah, this is this is right. This is what I should be mm. uh, doing. And it makes use of all kinds of skills I've gathered from elsewhere along the way, which is validating. It's nice when that thing you oh, spent, yeah. you know, one summer learning comes in handy later, uh, kind yeah. of thing. Um, so yeah, no, I'm I'm really enjoying myself, and I and I'm I'm daring to make uh, grander long term plans uh, that we'll, we'll get into later. Um, but I'm just very happy to see. Uh, we talked about this a little before uh, we started recording that you got your copies of the magazine just fine, even yeah. all the way yes. down in Australia. I mean, it was I, a fight. Let's be honest. The postal system here is a bit itchy. Like, it, it's not yeah. fun. I I would have said like maybe if you're going to send stuff international, maybe next time think about maybe slightly better packaging. Because I don't know how you. Yeah, actually, stuff, that is a note we have received. A, hmm. Mine came just in a cardboard folder with like <clears throat> no backing in it or anything. So yeah, I find post is pretty mean on stuff here. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's funny, right? Because you, you, so we ship from Chicago. I'm in Canada, but uh, because the vast majority of our customers are, are in the states, it makes sense. Uh, you know, I've, yeah. I've got someone there, uh, Sarah in Chicago, who has our stuff, um, and those cardboard uh, fellows work basically fine in the states and basically fine yeah. in Canada. 
But as soon as yeah. you get outside of North America, it can get uh, tricky. Uh, and so, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't too bad, but we have had a few damages, which, I mean, you expect with the sheer volume of things you're sending yeah. out. And yeah. we've, we've made sure to do right by those people. Um, mm. But, uh, yeah, we, we, we absolutely are going to sort of be upgrading our packaging uh, for when we ship outside the country particularly for hardcovers it's funny you know i found the, the hardcovers are like the most precious wonderful thing to me because i love the book as an object uh yeah, i'm not yeah. saying we put less effort in the digital or soft cover but i mean the hardcover is just you know the cadillac right um yeah. but the hardcover is actually um and this is why like i said don't worry folks we're, we're upgrading our packaging specifically for this um they are easier to damage because they are not flexible yeah. That is true. So that as is a true. you know as a result, I've, I've I've had replaced a couple of hardcovers, and I'm happy to do it because I want people to get like the good stuff. Uh, because just some guy in the mailroom who wanted a you know a football uh, <laughs> yeah. can really someone do having that. a bad day working for the postal service. You know what? Fuck this one package in particular. It doesn't really oh, help because yeah. um, Oz Posters in Australia has been switching over to an automated system, and they yeah. just dump packages on conveyor belts. They don't even use people to do it anymore. They just have big machines with cages to just upend them onto conveyor belts. So shit gets damaged all the time. Yeah, I mean, as, as is so often the case, right, the, the villain under the bed is capitalism. And so, as yeah, things get more yeah. uh, mechanized and cheapened. Yep. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Always fun. Oh. Uh, but on that, like, so, like, so oh, sorry, issues one and two, like, you would consider the rousing success essentially. Like you've done pretty well. You made all the, the money. The stretch goals were hit. Um, how much? Yeah, did I mean, we, I, think, I think we did pretty damn well, considering yeah. that the magazine hadn't even existed as an idea uh, mm. a little over six months before we did the crowdfund. You know, by the end of it, we'd raised one hundred fourteen percent of our goal, which meant that obviously we were making the thing, but also we got a stretch goal that. I, to me, like there was the minimum funding and then there was like my personal minimum and that was my personal yeah. minimum. I wanted to get the first stretch goal, which was double art because yes. I bloody love the art side of things as much as the words. And uh, I love doing the creative direction for that, working with the artists. I love uh, what I like to do with them actually is I really want them to feel passionate about what they're doing. I mean, okay, I'm a guy commissioning them, paying them to do a job, but that doesn't mean that you can't make it uh, fun and, and make uh, them want to really get the most out of the experience uh, on top of the wages. Um, so what I did is I gave all the artists the option. I said, look, you know, you, I don't know how busy you are. If you want me to just tell you, please draw this thing, then I will do that. Yeah. But I will give you the option of reading the story. And then before I mm. say anything, you come back to me and go, okay, well, I really want to do this scene. And this part sounds really good. You know, um, again, just give me some options. And I'll tell you, I mean, virtually every single time that happens, uh, I like what the artist suggests It's sometimes yeah. you know, more dynamic, interesting than what I had in mind. Uh, maybe we do one of their ideas and one of my ideas, but whatever, it all works out in the end to them getting to like do the thing they're excited about. And I think that improves what you, the reader, get. The artist Absolutely. is actually like, draw this, this thing, you know, that you'll get something more exciting and, and more effortful. And if they're like, ah, oh, well, you told me to draw the thing. Okay, I'll draw the yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, having studied animation and done that kind of stuff before, it's when you're passionate about a project, it comes through a lot better. If you're being told, just make the thing, it, you get something more or less lifeless in some cases. It's like, this is a painting. Yeah, it might be like technically way. well executed, but yeah. yeah. It'll be very good, yeah, but it exactly. just lacks that little bit of soul, essentially. Exactly. So, so I felt very good about doing that. And we got the issues out um, a little later than I'd hoped, because, but it was because mm. we were learning. We were learning. I mean, I, I, I did a whole Patreon, uh, free, free to read, but I did a, a post on my Patreon uh all about how i learned about the proofing process with the magazine that was a lot more a lot more effort and work entailed 
uh, than when you do like an Amazon POD or whatever, right? Like, you know, when I when I put out my first couple of novels uh, myself, um, uh, you know, I just, you know, I would write the thing, I would go over it a bunch of times, but then I, as far as actual physical proofs, I would just order one proofing copy, go through it with my pen, fix it up as best I could, and then the very next draft would be the one that goes out to people. And so yep. in my mind, that was just so ingrained, I didn't question it. I was like, oh, the magazine, sure, they'll give us one and we'll check it. And then, then uh, no, there's like five, four or five, depending on how you want to look at it, uh, levels of proofing. <laughs> so, uh, and looking, you know, not just that the, the words are their typos or whatever, but looking very precisely at like how everything's measured and how it's going to come out on the page and that kind of thing. And I won't Checking get into all that here. And... Um, but yeah, yeah, like that was an interesting learning process, but also meant it took longer than I realized. <laughs> so, yeah. no, uh, you know, my original goal had been to get the thing out in the fall and we just squeaked it at the end of November. Uh, but I mean, as you were, gracefully reminding me before the, of this began, at the end of the day, it was about 10 months from the end of Kickstarter to um, people getting their books, or starting to get their books. Mm. Um, and there are board games people are waiting for like five years after the, yeah. <laughs> the crowdfund. Yeah. Absolutely. There are certain so, you know, things I'm inside still 10 for. months, actually pretty damn good. Yeah, for a Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah. Any I actually had one... Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I, sh I had one backer say, holy crap, I, I I didn't think I would say this, but uh, I'm getting one of the things I crowdfunded this year, this year. <laughs> <laughs> so I was getting like, the same oh, year yeah. is a rare thing. I backed a thing called <laughs> The Book, which was a, a massive compendium of information in case the world ends. Because uh, my old man's a prepper and he would have loved it. Um, and it's one of those things where it's like, that took almost three years to get to me, I think. And eventually turned up, yeah, like, and oh, I, mean I forgot I ordered this, this is amazing. Well, yeah, it's like a, it's a fun surprise, right? Yeah. Um, and, and honestly, no shade on anybody for whom it takes that long because, mm. you know, making really mm. good things takes time. And oh, yeah. who knows what went on in their lives, you know, maybe, you know, because that's the thing too, right? These are being produced by usually one person or a very small group of people, not like a massive company yeah. that can fall back on other stuff. So if like, the, you know, sometimes you get, you're like, where's my thing? And it's like, oh, they broke their leg <laughs> <laughs> or whatever, yeah. you know, yeah. they need a minute. <laughs> yeah, like we said a few times on the so, podcast before, we're happy to wait for a, a good product. Like I'm happy to wait, you know, a few months to a year and that kind of stuff, just to make sure the product is good. Uh, I'm getting my money's worth essentially. So always, well, yeah, and I mean, I I think that's a, a big thing where like and something else we're learning is we're, we're, we're which I'll maybe get into later, but it's um, in detail, but. It's like the expectations of people who crowdfund are very different from the expectations of people who are buying direct from the website or find you in a yeah. store um, because the level of investment is different, right? With Kickstarter people or, or BackerKit, which I really need to remember to stress, we are actually shifting to BackerKit uh, okay. as our platform for crowdfunding, along with a lot of very good company. I'm, I'm noticing a lot, like Brandon Sanderson's moved over there. Uh, Goodman a Games, a role actually, game company. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. most Kickstarters you complete then transfer to back a kid anyway. Yeah. Well, that's now exactly they're doing it. The front like end the, as well, which is great. Yeah. One of, one of the joys of backer kit as a, for me, as a guy switching to running uh, his crowdfunds on there is exactly that. Yeah. Most people listening, you know, if you're thinking, ah, another platform, well, uh, there's two things about market that are very, I can quickly rattle off. There's a million things that made me switch over. Uh, and one of them is the fact that if you have ever backed anything on Kickstarter, um, where the fulfillment uh, was handled mm. uh, and you pay it by MacroKit and you paid your shipping later, which and on the other things MacroKit lets you do, um, yeah. you already have an account with them. You're good. Like yeah. Not that it's hard to make one. It's very quick and easy, <clears throat> but you probably already have one if you've backed a bunch of stuff yeah. on Kickstarter. So, you know, whatever, man. And the other thing is that MacroKit, unlike the other new platforms that sprung up in the last year and a half or so since Kickstarter dabbled in crypto and drove a lot of people away, 
uh, blockchain, yeah. pardon me, not crypto, um, is the fact that BackerKit's not brand new. Their platform is relatively new, but they've been around for a little over 10 years uh, doing the back-end fulfillment on Kickstarter, and they have been learning and paying attention and keeping a lot of the data that has allowed them to come into the full service thing uh, very intelligently. And I'll just say it's 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 a lot of under the hood stuff that really benefits people running projects like myself, which we could easily fill two hours talking about just like crowdfunding specifically. Um, yeah. So I'll leave that on the floor. But also, uh, I think it really benefits people who are potential backers because uh, the way the website works and how you, you know you just just visually how it's laid out. I just like looking at campaigns on there more. Mm. I find it very easy to browse and move around them. You know, yeah. So, so yeah, we're, we move into backer kit. That's the big experiment. Uh, I think it'll be mm. a success. Uh, he said uh, with a slight question mark in the end, <laughs> not for doubts, <laughs> but just for slight anxiety of my own, because I'm so invested in this thing succeeding. <laughs> yeah, it's no fair. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I'm very, uh, I'm very excited to see how it goes on there, especially because again, without getting into all the nitty gritty, um, I like running a crowdfunding campaign. I think it's fun and I like turning it into like kind of a fun experience. You know, last time we had a live stream every Saturday uh, for the first three weeks. And then on the, the last week, uh, we had a, a, a telethon live stream on the, the Friday night, the yeah. last evening uh, of the nice. thing. And, you know, I, I, we, we, like, we chatted, we did a shot every time we had a new, a new uh, level of funding <laughs> or whatever. Uh, and I, uh, I had a nineteen early nineteen eighties Dungeons and Dragons romance choose your own adventure. They did this. They had a line of about oh, wow. six or seven, I think. Um, and it sounds really goofy, and in some from a certain angle, it is because they were like, "Well, we got to get girls playing Dungeons and Dragons, so uh, romance." Yeah. Uh, you know, that's that's all they like, right? Um, but uh, but on the flip side, I wouldn't want to denigrate it because it, it did seem to work apparently to some degree. There are definitely mm. uh, you know women I've known who were like, yeah, when I was a kid, I you know. Um, so uh, anyway, point is for fun. Uh, I I broke that out and I let the audience kind of shout at me about like you know what choices to make as I work. You know, uh, yeah, yeah. that guy. Uh, that would be fun. For so that was really fun. Yeah. Yeah, and so 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 yeah. My point is that like I I I, I enjoy turning the crowdfunding uh, month breaks. It's usually thirty days. Mm into uh, a, a regular source of entertainment and regular fun reasons to come and check it out. So, yeah. uh, you know, it's it's more fun for me and the guys uh, working with me on it, but also it's more fun to you to hear about than uh, say, just saying, please back us like every day yeah. for 30 days. I mean, that's what I'm saying, but I'm also saying like, okay, please back us. But while you're thinking about that, come check out, you know, this, whatever we're doing. It also you know, it builds a nice community, yeah. I really yeah, I mentioned like we build a nice community, and those people are more likely to come back for the subsequent Kickstarters. Where it's like, oh, we had fun the last time. I wonder what they'll do this time, and you get the book after everything goes down, so which is even better. But exactly, exactly. I mean, the risk of sounding too uh, cynical, uh, you know, the, uh, oftentimes what I'm finding is the the ethical thing or the fun thing, or you know, both those mm. things uh, is also better business. It's kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, there's really there's it's, there's a lot of incentive just to like be a better person and have more fun while doing this kind of project. And yeah, I'm here for it. <laughs> so I'd rather do it. I'd rather I prefer that yeah. to if there, all the incentives were like screw people over, you'll do better. Uh, so yeah. yeah. Um, so we so, I mean, I'm really looking forward to doing that back again. And my point in mentioning all that fun stuff is that uh, again, without getting lost in the details, back. Kit is really smart about making, giving me tools, giving people running campaign hangs uh, tools to make it mm. into a party. So I'm I'm very excited yeah. for what we'll be able to do this time. Uh, yeah, nice. Um, but yeah, uh, so so yeah. Uh, sorry. 
Oh, uh, sorry. I thought when you guys started to say something, I didn't want to step over you. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, but, that was uh, great. But yeah, to your, to your, back to your question, Seth, about like, you know, does, did one two feel like a success? Well, the crowdfund obviously was a hurrah. Yeah. Um, and producing them, uh, you know, like I said, we, we learned some things. But at the yeah. end of the day, I, I'm very proud of what people have got uh, to put in their hands or in their e-reader, you know, mm. or whatever. Um, I, I, you know, is there a type or two that we missed? Of course, always. You will find that in books put out by big five publishers oh, with like yeah. names like Gaiman on them. But um, but I'm okay with that. Like whatever, you know, like we, we, we do our best every time and ultimately like it doesn't read like word salad. <laughs> <laughs> and people have been not, you know, commenting not on like the typo on page thirty, whatever that I can spot. Uh, they've been commenting mm. on like, oh, I really love the physical object. Oh, I really love the page. Yeah. You know, even, even people, it's not often people I think get something like this and they comment on like they enjoy the paper quality. <laughs> yeah, um, and they love I mean, the stories and the art. Lot, and that might be important. If you so, read a lot, like that sort of like, I mean, I get a lot of um, <clears throat> IBG rule books. Yeah, the paper quality on some of those is pretty shite. Yeah, when you get a book that's got a nice page to turn. It, it matters. It really, God, I sound like such a Seth, the next words coming that were about to come out of my mouth was, and I firmly believe this: you don't have to be a huge book production quality whatever uh, nerd to care, because even if you don't mm. know all the terminology or whatever, you don't know what paperweight means in that context yeah. or what end pages are or any of that shit. Um, you just will feel with your thumb if something feels kind of like cheap photocopy paper. Yeah. You will notice if the ink and everything is just like ever so slightly smudged. <laughs> you know, yeah. you will, or the alignment is kind of off. You will notice graphic design is my passion, you know, style mm. cover design. Uh, you know, like you will, you will, you will notice when things are a bit shit, even if you don't have this you know, specialized professional vocabulary for it or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I mean, Seth, bless you, you got the hardcovers and you sound like you were pretty happy with them, yeah? Oh, I am. I'm immensely. Mm. Uh, I have two bookshelves. I have my good bookshelf, which is right next to me. I have my other storage bookshelf. And those got to go on the good right next to me bookshelf. <laughs> within within that easy our, access. Seriously, that was our goal this whole time. We knew about your shelves. <laughs> <laughs> um, you want to get on that good shelf. Still cameras I mean, I really need a third bookshelf, but fuck. <laughs> That is the bane of every every book lover. Is just we never have enough shelf space. Yeah, yeah. No, I I, I I'm right there with you. Um, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, and then the hardcovers. It's funny. We, we, we'll probably I don't know. Right now we're we're planning to print the same amount, but it's plausible we'll print more if we get more enough orders this time uh, around because uh, I think now people have seen the traditional printed the... ones with the bookmark ribbons and stuff. You know. Uh, yeah. I'll be excited about them. And also, um, they can wind up being collector items. Honestly, I mean, oh, not that that's our plan. We're not we're not marketing them as such. But um, the cost of reprinting them is prohibitive. Let me just say that. Yeah. So if you have, say, the issue number one hardcover with the new Michael Moorcock story in it, the latest Elric, um, a lot of people wanted that for obvious reasons. Uh, <laughs> don't, uh, don't leave it on the floor because we only printed uh, 125 and there was a bit of overage. Mm. So more like 130. Um, and once <laughs> they're gone, they're gone. And as of this recording, I, we only have, I think, seven, six or seven left in inventory. Mm. So even That's I'm being good. like really careful with my copy. <laughs> yeah. If, if something happens to it, uh, I'm going to be out of luck. And I'm the, the um, freaking publisher. I did actually have a question for you about the, the hardcover. Please. Um, is there a reason that the uh, cover image is down oh okay so yeah so what that's about is um 
Okay, so I what's that's referring to for those you can't see uh, the thing and maybe you're not familiar with this yet. Our soft cover and digital editions have one cover design, and that one has like text over the art. Uh, for example, you know, saying like this issue, blah blah, you know, um, and like the little what I call it the T-shirt tag. We have a very small yep. like little rectangle with our logo, yeah. the name, and the issue. Because uh, I, I, I like I like to expose the art as much as possible uh, and not yeah. cover it up too much with a, a big logo. Um, our hard covers look a little different. Those ones they basically have like a picture frame, right? Because every issue has two dominant colors that we use for our logos and everything, and the darker color usually will be the uh, like the picture frame around uh, around that cover, and then uh, shrunk down as you're saying is the uh, original painting that has been used for all the covers. And so what that's about for me is is issue, uh, sorry, in the digital and soft cover, those are the more accessible ones. Those are the soft cover, we print hundreds more, uh, obviously, than the hard cover. And those are the ones that might, you know, wind up, wind up on, and actually will wind up on soon, because that's some, another exciting thing. We're going to start getting into stores soon. Uh, so that's something you might see on a shelf, and you need, like, that text to sell people because they might come to it having no idea what the hell it is, right? Uh, whereas the hard covers, because of the lower print run, um, they're basically a creature of the Kickstarter and a little bit left over for direct retail on our website. So with those, I expect people come to it probably knowing what we are, knowing enough, you know, and really liking like the beautiful physical object kind of thing, like I say. And so for me there, I, I just want it to be like, oh, look at this painting, you know? It's like, yeah. it's like you're getting like a little work of art. I just want to frame it uh, for you. You're not covering time. anything with the uh, and, and you can... Yeah. Pardon me? Like not co you're not covering like anything with like the uh, the titles or anything. It's always just like just the art. It's n not impeded. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So 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 that's what it was. That's what it's about to me. It's about really showing it off. Um, and uh, so yeah, yeah. That's that's what we're going to keep mm -hmm. doing uh, moving forward. Is is just have the hardcovers be yeah. like, look at this freaking un uncovered art, uh, and then the soft covers, the more classic magazine thing, yeah. all the fun blurbs and everything on it. I like to say I didn't bring that up to be critical. It was more because I really liked oh. the art. It was like this is really different to the way everyone else mm. does the cover of a book. This would have been a you know top to bottom that picture with the writing over it, whereas yeah. you sectioned it out and been like, no, 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 no. This artist did a bitchin' piece of artwork, which oh, is yeah. going to put it in the middle, and you can enjoy that. You're going to look at this. It's amazing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because, like, you know, like I was saying a minute ago, like, I, I really, really love the art side of this as well as the, the literary side. Uh, and so, yeah, to me, like I say, the hard, the hard cover, you, are, you, you know what we are, or you know what we are enough to yeah. want to get it to, in the nicest format. I'm not stressed about selling yeah. you on it with the cover copy, right? <laughs> oh, we're, we're already in. That's fine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Trust me, this exactly. was 100%. We weren't, like, we didn't get copies from Oliver. We put our own money in, put our money where yeah. our mouth is. We bought our copies. Um, and we are incredibly happy with them, and I can guarantee you, mm -hmm. I'm going to try and do better than 14th backer on the three and four. Yeah, <laughs> we'll be camping out next well, time. Like, ah. Well, it's funny Single you mentioned that. It's funny you mentioned that because um, do we have a special reward for people who back us in the first 48 hours? Sure do, and it's going to be different nice. than last year's. Last year's was like a bookmark where the only way you get to see the art on that bookmark is if you backed us in the first, you know, bit. This time it's something different. I may as well. I may as well get into this part of it all. I guess. Um, hmm. So there is a unique reward. I'm not going to spoil that will only go to one person, the very first backer. Yeah. So 
whatever format they get, they can get it in digital. I don't care. You know, like I don't look down on the, the you know, the, the quote unquote yeah. lesser formats. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I keep talking about the hardcover. I, I worry I'm putting people off, but it's like, uh, I love, I love all three. They all have their merits. We try to make all three of them work as best we can. And I mean, digital is great for being the most accessible, which is important to me as well. Uh, financially and also in terms of you can put on your e-reader and make the fonts different and stuff. That's why um, I read episode zero. Yeah. Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. It's accessible. That's important. Uh, and classic soft cover. I mean, that's a classic magazine format. You love that. You love that. But anyway, my point is, regardless of at what level you pledge, as long as you're you know, getting the magazine, um, mm-hmm. the very first backer will get a completely unique reward mailed to them personally by myself. So there's that. Uh, and, uh, so you, this is maybe incentive. You, I don't, I guess when you guys are hearing this, probably the campaign isn't launched. So sorry, actually crap. Yeah. I shouldn't have mentioned that. It's probably gone to someone, <laughs> but it's only going to be a five between the three in the refreshing the page, I guess. Give me the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's all the more reason to uh, sign up with our mailing list, which we don't abuse. Yeah. I'm a big believer in sending it infrequently and only when there's big news. Uh, I don't do mm. the weekly thing. Um, and confirm. so that you can get in on our next yeah. crowd fund. Right, cheers, yeah. We've all got busy inboxes, that's my feeling. Um, but yeah, oh, so it's a really big incentive to get on our mailing list is because I want to keep rewarding people who uh, get get on it to hear uh, for the bad things first. So anyway, my point is that there was a unique prize, sorry, um, for the first person. <laughs> uh, maybe one of you guys ended up getting it. We won't know, we're recording this before, right? Uh, and then uh, the first 48 hours, uh, there's a reward. I kind of made a little Katamari ball for those, oh, God damn it. Dork reference. Uh, I made a I made a ball of rewards. Uh, you look up Katamari yeah. kids. Um, anyway, uh, Katamari Damasi. Uh, yeah. So so okay. So okay. So last year, uh, in issues one and two, we had a page, pretty traditional Kickstarter thing, right? We had a page uh, in issue one with the lists of names of everybody who backed us at the physical tier level, just saying thank you. Right? Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Happy to do it. Proud tradition. Crowdfunding. But this year, I was like, well, I can't just do the same thing again. <laughs> what, what I want to do is like my thank you to the people who back us on the crowdfund because without them, there's no magazine. I think it's important to give a little extra. Um, so I was scratching my head and then, and then I remembered something that I loved as a kid. Do you guys, I don't know if you had this in Australia, I'm guessing, you know, but I mean, also I'm probably a little older than you. Um, did you guys ever have sticker books when you were little? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And you buy like a pack of cards, but it wouldn't be cards, it'd be stickers. Mm-hmm. And you'd yeah. hope that you would get, you'd match them up to the empty frames in the book, right? Oh, this one says yes. 12 on it. Great. Yep. I can yep. fill the, the, you know, window number 12 or whatever. So I was thinking, okay, I wanted a reward for people who backed us, period. I wanted a reward mm-hmm. for people who backed us in the first 48 hours because I really want to try and get us to minimum funding in that time and then I can relax yeah. a little bit more. Um, <laughs> I and I really wanted a reward for returning backers, right? Because even though we yeah. switched platforms, because we used backer kit for the fulfillment the first time around, we'll know if you're coming back. So yeah. uh, these are like three things like backers, returning backers, early backers. And I was like, man, three rewards. How do I get three rewards all together? I know. And a thank you to the you know crowdfunding people. Um, the back page, I think it'll be the back page of probably issue three. So, but you'll get it. You'll, you'll get you know, yeah. the crowdfunds for both issues. It's going to be a sticker book page, and oh, so everybody who backs it are going to get a sticker that will be a piece of what you call flash fiction. So it's probably a couple hundred words. It's relatively short. Yeah. Um, don't know who the writer is at the moment. Possibly me. Um, you know, because I also yeah. write. Uh, I'm, I'm not just you know. Uh, and then so that's like left hand of the page, you know, column, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, people who, I hope I'm not messing this up, it'll all be on the campaign page. People who back us early will get in the top right a sticker of art 
for the oh, flash right. fiction. So you'll get an illustration to go with that. And then people who are returning backers will get uh, the, the final quarter, you know, quarter of the page, uh, you know, sticker with a little bit of art and uh, the cocktail recipe, this tradition we started for uh, a laugh uh, with the last two issues. Uh, you yeah. know, our social media coordinator, Kevin, uh, loves to invent cocktails and test them out at bars with friends. So we had like an Elric cocktail and a Jarelle Jarelle cocktail mm. in the last yeah. two issues. Uh, so yeah, so that'll be like the third sticker. And I mean, if people aren't returning backers or they missed the 48 hour thing, you can buy the sticker and as an add on, you know, we don't want yeah. to be cheeky, too cheeky. But if you want to get it for free, kind of thing, you'll be a returning backer or a early backer. Um, and so yeah, I it's love that really fun. It's like filling out that page, getting oh, like yeah. it's like it's like we invented DLC for a magazine, which I know some people probably <laughs> be like, oh, what? But, but but my feeling is like, you know, you can have this page of extra stuff that you get in various ways, or you could just have a page that says a bunch of names yeah. that says thank you. I mean, I, I suspect the the yeah. fun of this sticker page is, is worth yeah. it, even if you don't necessarily get all the stickers. Um, so, so that's kind of our like thank you page, as it were, to the crowdfund people. Um, and yeah. a bunch it does of help that our generation, yeah, our generation like grew up with sticker books. That's going to be like a nice nostalgic thing for everyone in our oh, yeah. age. Like brackets, oh, like yeah. Yeah. stickers. Yeah, I think it's nostalgic for people who grew up with like, them. Plus, I also think to some degree, I don't, I don't think stickers ever went away. I just don't know if kids have sticker no, books now, but I have to assume. Um, I, so yeah, one of my sisters bit... is a kindergarten teacher. Stickers are very much still a bribable thing for children. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, exactly exactly so so yeah so i mean i you know they haven't gone anywhere really so i think i think anybody will will have fun with this and just like i say it's a, it's a fun mixture of collectible and nostalgic and just like a novel way to do a thank you so that's mm. that's um uh, that's our main thing that's our main thing uh but we're there's also going to be other crowdfund exclusives just like a whole bunch of stuff to yeah. just try and make it worth people's time i certainly like, hope there's one we talk go, to oh, you wait about till later i certainly hope there's the one we talk to you about yeah, there is a sort of stealth. Yeah, I, I can't talk about it, but there is a stealth yeah. stretch goal. There is a secret thing mm. uh, that may happen. Uh, I, 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 that's all I can say. It's very annoying when people say that. So I'll just say there's a stealth stretch goal. Sorry, folks, but if it happens, I'll, I'll be yeah. very loud about it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like I said, we've got all these things. We're looking at having, um, uh, you know, the, the logo, our, our double-headed battle axe logo. Uh, people yeah. really like that. And I, I love having different colors every single issue, you know, and we actually, once the issues came out, one and two, we switched our logo across our website and all our socials to the issue two uh, logo, which is kind of fun. People are like, wait, what happened? It just changed, you know, keeps things fresh. Um, so yeah, we're going to have a logo pin, an enamel pin, uh, Ooh, and yeah. that will be a fun add-on. And we're actually going to have a vote. Uh, this is that whole getting the community, you know, chatting and doing things instead of just passively being told, you know, back it. Uh, we're going to have a vote on the page uh, for what colors uh, that you want. Ah, so you guys get to okay. choose that. Uh, so, so yeah, yeah. so love the, doing the pin thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you can all do battle to get the ones you prefer. Uh, and, <laughs> they, they'll uh, definitely be fine, so we'll be fine. We'll battle over the edges. <laughs> but yeah, so there's all that kind of stuff. But I haven't even, I haven't even gotten into like, you know, what have we learned? What have we carried forward? What's, what's, it, what's exciting about issues three and four? Um, yeah. you know, so, so yeah, I, I, you know, as we discussed last time, I was very lucky. We got a uh, sword and sorcery living legend, Michael Moorcock to do an original mm. story turned out to be an Elric story. That was very funny. I, I think a lot of people assumed I knew what he was writing, uh, for yeah. us for issue one. Uh, I did not, I did <laughs> not know it for a little while. Yeah, uh, it was it was a case of he said yes, and I went thank you, sir, <laughs> and I just you know got, got yeah that was it. I didn't want to question it. I would publish. Yeah. You don't look like you've the mouth. Was... Yeah, exactly. 
And I, I didn't even know during the crowdfund, which is why you, you, you just said, Michael Moore, new story. You know, if, yeah. I, if I had known it was going to yeah. be Elric, I would have I would have been very loud about that. Um, yeah. But it was after the crowdfund that he said, by the way, it's going to be a new Elric story. So I was like, oh, OK. You know, yeah. that was very exciting. Um, and then also, bless him, you know, Mike even gave me his time, right? Obviously, he's, you know, he's got his novels he's working on and stuff. Very busy guy. Um and I said to him, okay, well, the word count for our stories on average is four to 6,000 words. If you can give me something in yeah. that neck of the woods, I'd really appreciate it. And he said, well, you know, and he said this publicly in interviews, so I'm not outing him here. He said, oh, I've been kind of having some health issues with my hands. Typing's kind of tricky. So I don't know, maybe it'll be more of a vignette. And I was like, okay. And I got a little nervous. I was like, it would be a thousand words. And I mean, I'll take what he gives me. I mean, you know, I would be grateful, but yeah. would our backers feel cheated, right? Would they feel like, oh, he said new Moorcock and it's like, uh, you know, 500 to 1,000 words. Is that enough to satisfy people? So I was a little nervous, I'll be honest, but I trusted him. I trusted him. And then eventually, um, you know, after a few months go by, uh, I he said, I'm flying, you know, across the Atlantic. I'm, I'm going from A to B. And he sort of joked. He said, you know, I haven't finished the story, but here's what I have so far, just in case the plane messes up the landing. And I was like, <laughs> okay, I hope that doesn't happen. I mean, I don't want to oh. die, period, but as a publisher, it would be very funny to be like, uh, you know, funny, strange to be like, well, here's an incomplete uh, final story. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> um, he's alive, obviously, spoiler. Uh, he made it. Um, but I got that. And that was, mm. you know, about 3,500 words. And he was saying it'd be about 4,000 words right at the bottom end of what I was looking for. And I was like, fine, great, awesome. You know, thank you. Um, nice. I, I'm, I'm, I'm one of those people that if you give me the opportunity to eat a thing, I will eat the thing. If you give me the opportunity to be surprised, I will try and ruin the surprise because I, I just want the thing now. Uh, I don't yeah. have the best impulse control. So it blows my mind that I didn't read the incomplete draft. I, mm. I wanted my initial read to be, you know, the full story. As an editor, I felt that it would give me a better perspective to work with him on it. Uh, just, yeah. Uh, my staff, uh, bless them, that I work with, were like, "Give me, give me, give me!" I was like, "Okay, I'll let you. You guys can read it." Yeah. Uh, so they all, and that was kind of fun because then they had the unique perspective of reading it without the ending and then reading the final version. But yeah, um, so when he, so then what happens is he says to me, "We're, we're getting a little late in production. We're getting, you know, the proofing's kind of going through some early stages that we could do without having everything written." Um, and then he, and he says to me, "Oliver, I've had a massive brainstorm. I'm going to do a full rewrite." <laughs> I, was like, I, I. I trust you because you're Michael Moorcock. If you yeah. were a number of other authors, I would be very concerned right now. Yeah. But okay. Oh, God. You know, and then, you know, like magic. I mean, he put the work in, but like magic, it felt to me mm. a week and a half later, he sends me the thing and he says in the email, all right, it's 8,000 words. <laughs> it just blew up. <laughs> and and I, and I read it. I, I printed it out. I took it to uh, a cafe that sold pints and I sat on their uh, patio. This is back in July, you know, it's nice weather. And I went, okay, I'm doing this right. And I just turned my phone off completely and I just sat there. Mm. And I gave it 100% my attention, as you can imagine. And I got to have this experience that, I mean, lots of other people before me have. He's I'm not his first publisher, but still, yeah. in the grand scheme of things, not a lot of people get to do just reading uh, the first proper draft of a new Elric story, this character he's been mm. writing since 1961. Uh, you know, it was, it, and, and, and you know what? It delivered. It delivered because I had faith in him, but you know, you get yeah. surprises sometimes. You get big authors who've been writing characters for a long time, writing in general for a long time, and they mm. sometimes get a little <laughs> high on their own farts and their work yeah. degrades because editors don't say no to them and they think everything they do is magical. 
and you just kind of have to be like, well, late period, this guy, it's not as good, but you know, yeah. um, this was not that. Mike delivered, yeah. absolutely delivered, and and it and it wasn't just a fun adventure, but it has this big emotional just punch at the end that surprised mm. the shit out of me. And uh, I only had one pint. I wasn't that emotional because of the beer. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sitting there with 10 empty glasses. It's so beautiful. Um, but, uh, <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it really, really, really worked, man. And, um, and that was a really wonderful experience. So, so that was something that was really great about producing those issues, which is getting to work with him and discovering that, you know, it was a 10 out of 10 meet your heroes experience. He is as lovely yeah. and sweet and fun. And, and professional and courteous. I, he has no ego. He has self-respect, oh. but he has no ego, and he is more justified to have it than any other writer I've worked with. Um, yeah. So you know, uh, it uh, yeah, it was so lovely. And there was even one point um, where we were just talking about cats, and I ended up Whoop. sending a cat picture to Michael Moorcock. And there's a sentence <laughs> to say out loud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not only did you get to meet your cats, you get Ah, yes. It's always a fun yeah. thing when you meet your heroes and send the pictures of your pets. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, thing. it's just, you know, so, so I say all this, I mean, it sounds maybe so it sounds a little braggy, but my point in sharing all this, aside from the fact that this is me relaying the story of what, how making the issues went, um, mm. is I just want anyone listening, you know, yes, he is as wonderful as you would hope he would be. And I think that's yeah. just nice to know. Um, it is. And, it really uh, is. Yeah. I, it is. <laughs> Um, so yes, I mean, that was fun working with all the other authors was a good experience too, by the way. I mean, I don't have any horror stories, mm. not that I would share them. That'd be unprofessional, but you know, um, yeah. yeah, it was really great working with them and the artists and, uh, yeah, I can't wait to take everything that we've learned from producing issues one and two and apply it to issues three and four. In fact, I've already started doing mm. that because this time around, I feel confident enough going into the crowdfund. I, I think we'll do it. I think we'll do minimum at least. I want to, I want to yeah. blow past that, but you know, um, so most of the writing's done. Uh, you know, oh, we're talking really? about long Kickstarter turnarounds, right? Uh, and there's me feeling shameful about 10 months. And meanwhile, yeah, that's true. Actually, that's not too bad. Uh, but yeah. I want to do better. I always want to do better. So um, most of the writing is done. Uh, some of it's fully edited as well, which is nice. Uh, so my hope is, uh, and, you know, we'll see what happens. I, mean, I might eat shit on this because who knows what's going to happen in the world at large. But see yeah. I don't fall down a flight of stairs or whatever. Uh, we should have the new issues um, going out to backers in the summer of 2024 this very year mm. um yeah and i'm very excited about that i'm very excited about getting them out quicker and just having a quicker turnaround uh, especially because it'll also mean there'll be a bit of a gap between these issues and the next year's issues which will give me a little bit of a break i have been editing one short story or another since i uh, had the idea for the thing in june of 2022 yeah you have not <laughs> so... it's just been constant <laughs> I mean, can I, I say, mean, like, good on you for that? Because, like, most yeah. people would have just dropped that and been, like, too much effort. <laughs> oh, shit. It seems yeah, like I, mostly I held on to my... Mostly, like, mostly. Yeah, no, I'm, I, look, I am human and I have my flaws, but I'm very dogged. So, luckily, that's helped to keep me, uh, you know, chugging away through it. And, that, and I'm just loving doing what I'm doing. But I am looking forward to a little bit of a break from editing that stuff. Uh, and so, that's cool. I mean, you know, if we ever go quarterly, then I'll never stop. Uh, but yeah. uh, we'll see what happens there. Um, so yeah, so we're going to issue three, pardon me, so we're going to issue three and four. What's exciting about that other than that we'll have quicker turnaround, oh, it's your production yeah. schedule all over, oh, that's very exciting. I mean, it is nice, but it's not, it's not the it's meat and potatoes of what's exciting. Mm. So 
Okay, so once again, we're going to be working with a lot of really talented artists. We've got some returning champions. We're swapping some new people. I know one artist, a lot of people uh, like hearing his name, Goran Gligovic. Give him a Google. He has done some incredibly fine art. Oh, and uh, one thing that he's done that people get to see that gets shared around a lot uh, is uh, two things. He's done art for the Black Hack uh, role-playing games. You might have checked that out. Yep. Just look at the covers as well as the, the actual interior. It's a very sword and sorcery kind of vibe as opposed to classic broader fantasy. Uh, so it's very suitable if you want to play stuff like uh, you know your own take on Elric, let's say. Um, yeah. He's also, uh, speaking of Elric again, he's also done such good renditions of uh, an imaginary Elric animated series and an imaginary Earthsea animated series. You know, he's putting himself out there in, a, I think, a very smart way, trying to get people like, hey, what if you uh, paid me to, you know? Uh, but also, it's just very cool and shareable. You know, these these go these, these things do the rounds. So you might have seen those. Uh, and one person actually then took it further and they animated a little bit of one of his illustrations on YouTube. Oh, so it kind of became right. real, uh, you oh, know, nice. for 20 yeah. seconds. Uh, one of one of the better little monologues of Elric. Um, but anyway, yeah, so, you know, Goran Gligovic is one of them. And, and then there's just like another, like, God, uh, sorry, uh, people listening. I, I had to get up a little early uh, for this, so my brain's not fully functional, but I want to say uh, 17 artists. So, uh, anyway, <laughs> so yeah, and each one with a very unique style. Uh, you know, that's something else we try and do. You know, I love the classic uh, fantasy art styles. I love the traditional sort of, you know, D&D stuff. And we do have that represented here. You know, one good example of that is Simon Underwood. Uh, he's wonderful. He's been with us uh, every year so far. We're very happy to bring him back. Um, but I also like having a, a you know, surprises. I'll just say that. There's mm. going to be some people whose yeah. styles you might not expect, but they work very well with the stories they've been paired with. Uh, so yeah, nice. good art, uh, great authors. We've got, um, you know, um, Michael Moorcock is, is, is technically returning. Uh, he's kind of a bonus story this time around because he's quite busy writing his new novel. So I'm afraid it's not a new original, it's a reprint, but it is a reprint of an obscure Elric story that you will not find in the complete saga collection, those big hardcovers yeah. that came out. Just uh, getting less than couch cushions. Yeah, it's very nice. was found on the couch cushions hidden yeah, behind he was, he, he, the he, file. <laughs> Right. He was looking through his cupboard and he found an Elric story. Uh, yeah, and so uh, yeah, so that's that's kind of cool. It's it's one that's not in that collection, and also we're of course going to jazz it up by pairing it with original art. Uh, so mm. you know that's fun to have. So Morcock returns, but that's not all, folks. Uh, he said sounding like a late night TV uh, ad. Um, Something else Wait, we have that I'm very more. proud of in terms of sort of uh, you know a big name author. If you're a fan of alternate history, uh, mm. you've probably heard the name Harry. So Harry yes. Shildub is kind of like. I do know that I mean, name? I know that yeah, name. But I've heard that. I, I I think I've read something of his. That, well, that name sounds very familiar. Mm. Yeah, well, he's quite prolific. He's been writing, you know, for decades, and he does other things. But he is mostly known for his alternate history stories, exploring things like what if you know aliens had invaded at the cusp of World War Two? How would that change yeah. things? That was my first exposure to him. Uh, and, you know, he's explored things like, well, what if the Civil War went differently because of technological advances? He's explored things like, you know, um, I'm again, I'm tired and dumb right now, but he has a really neat series. It's kind of like a fantasy Byzantium. And, uh, you know, what, what are there certain fantastical elements introduced to human history? That kind of thing. So he really likes to basically, he's a real student of history and likes to go, well, what if we tweaked it? What, what then? Yeah. Um, and because Sword and Sorcery, you know, its roots are... You know, it was born out of historical adventure fiction. It was born out mm. of Robert E. Howard going, okay, let's take classic historical adventure and like throw a wizard in there and see what happens. Um, yeah. So, you know, I think he's a really great match to bring into our Sword and Sorcerer magazine. Uh, and he's doing a story which is going to be uh, set uh, in and around uh, the Jewish kingdom of Yemen in uh, 570 oh. AD, uh, which is a setting that 
not a lot of things have explored. And I, I, I also yeah. tell you, I've read the manuscript. I think it's really neat. I think people really dig that. So you don't have to be a history nerd, but it helps kind of thing. Uh, yeah. So yeah, very happy to have Harry with us. Um, and then, uh, you know, we've, we've got a bunch of other names in there, like Premier Muhammad is an upcoming uh, Canadian author. I'm very happy to have in there and happy to have Canadian representation. Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Always good. There's something I, I didn't even touch upon, of course, our whole thing of trying to have a, a more inclusive uh, sword and sorcery scene is a part, big part of what our magazine does, right? Our slogan is made with love for the classics and an inclusive boundary pushing approach to storytelling. So we will even publish filthy Canadians. Um, but yes, uh, so, so we've got that. Um, and then what I'm really happy is I was so happy to have Elric last year. I'm happy to yeah. have him return in his reprint form this year. Uh, woof. Sorry if you heard that. I've got a puppy in the background. Um, but yes, uh, but don't worry. My, my puppy is not the character that I'm excited about uh, in the magazine. Um, oh, I am. What I'm excited about is... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> can you imagine? Just like a little terrier with a battle axe in his mouth. I mean, I'd read that. Um, I would read the shit. Someone like, writing right. issues five and six. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, well, well, you know. Yeah, now I can just see the, the cover terrier. Art. terrior. Yeah, we... <laughs> oh, that would be the best artwork. <laughs> oh crap. Okay. Well, all right, folks. I've spoiled issues five and six. Sorry, uh, but. <laughs> What I'm very happy to announce is that Elric, uh, in his return as a, in a reprint, will not be the only uh, classic uh, legacy sword and sorcerer character uh, in the magazine this coming year. Uh, this year, pardon me, sorry, I'm used to thinking of it as the future, it's January. Um, well, so, okay, cast your mind back to the 30s. And mm. we all know Robert E. Howard and his character Conan, and that scene is the birth of the genre, right? Yeah. But he wasn't the only one there. We also have people like uh, Fritz Leiber and his original thieves, Fafford and Gray Mouser. They're worth looking up for a bunch of reasons. Yes. Uh, but yeah, great stuff there. I'll, I could talk about in detail. Uh, we also have people like Clark Ashton Smith, who uh, did a mixture of sword and sorcery and horror, and then a little more horror afford. Uh, he's very interesting, worth checking out. And we also have Catherine L. Moore, who was the first uh, woman uh, author. Uh, now, I... I like. I think this is a tricky thing when you're talking about this stuff sometimes because you want to say, okay, well, she was the first woman author of sword and sorcery, mm. but you don't want to make it sound like, well, uh, her gender was all she brought to the table. If that's yeah. what she brought to the table, you know, that would be a neat footnote. But Catherine yeah. Moore was very remarkable for the strength of her prose, the very emotionally uh, grounded, very dream logic kind of tales that she wrote, and she was in regular correspondence with. Uh, Robert E. Howard uh, and other people in that kind of weird tale circle like Lage P. Lovecraft mm -hmm. and she influenced them uh, Robert E. Howard said as much in his letters that he oh, ended up writing uh, characters like his Dark Agnes Swordwoman character or uh, some of the backup characters like uh, Valyria uh, you know in Red mm -hmm. Nails there and Conan uh, because of uh, how inspired he was by what Catherine uh, brought to the table in her writing and in her discussions of, of, of craft with him uh, so yeah. you know right there direct impact as well as influences going forward uh, through the years mainly for her character, Jarel of Joiry, who was a 14th century French warlord. And she was the original redheaded, you know, swordswoman kind of thing. You know, she yeah. was there before Red Sonja, before any of those other you know, characters that we've grown to love uh, later. And um, she is on the cover of our issue three, because I really love those stories. There's only really five of them. There's a sixth one that was kind of like, her and her future husband had a bit of a goof and wrote like a crossover where Jarell meets a science fiction character of hers called Northwest Smith, who was like a prototype Han Solo. 
it's uh, fine yeah. but the, <laughs> but the five main Jarell stories those are the ones you want to read and they have been uh reprinted in one anthology or another since 1969 uh they're currently there's a very affordable paperback uh put out by Golance uh, that you can find on amazon so very easy to check out uh available digitally as well and in these five stories you know um i i have sometimes when i've had to do it in a sentence you know who's Jarell Jury? what's her deal what are her stories like i would say well you know it's not perfect because i'm by definition, being reducing her to a sentence, but um, I would say she's like Alice in Wonderland with a big fucking broadsword because Jarellishery yeah. is technically of our world, but basically every story she winds up uh, very quickly. You know, there's usually been some huge battle or something, and now we're like, well, now what's going to happen next? Uh, you know, like like war, like not just her fighting a guy with a sword, let's say. Um, and then what happens next is she winds up through one way or another going to another world entirely. It can yeah. be uh, an alternate realm where the rules of perspective movement are completely different. Uh, that one's called the Dark Land, and that's a very cleverly written story to convey how strange it is for her moving around and just perceiving where she is, never mind the mm. challenges she encounters there. Or, you know, the, the most uh, widely printed story of hers, most widely discussed, is called Black God's Kiss. And in Black God's Kiss, heard that you know, she has been... Yeah, it's, it opens with her having been uh, defeated and she's thrown in the dungeon kind of thing. Um, you yeah. know, and this this warlord Guillaume is, is uh, I'm probably mispronouncing that because I'm, I'm not great at French, which is, uh, makes me a terrible Canadian. Um, but Guillaume has defeated her and throws her in the dungeon, you know, kind of thing. Um, and she gets lucky and gets let out by uh, the, the priest of the castle. And then the priest goes, okay, well, I guess we're going to try and escape, right? And she's like, no. Have you forgotten <laughs> about what we have in the basement? And the priest is like, I thought we agreed not to talk about that anymore. <laughs> she's like, yeah, I'm going to go down there. And he's like, God can't watch over you there. Because, you know, 14th century France, right? There's religion here. And he's like, she's like, no, I'm going to go down to what is empirically worse than hell to find yeah. a thing that I can use to give a fate worse than death to this son of a bitch who has taken my yeah. castle. And she, you know, very pointedly, when she gets down there, she just takes the cross off from around her neck. You know, this won't help me here. Uh, and off she goes into something that I could not do justice describing verbally to you here. But it is just, uh, oh boy, uh, it's a hell of a, a hell of an adventure. And and has a real emotional gut punch, uh, you know, at the end, you know, like I, I used that phrase earlier, sorry. But, you know, it's, it's it has action and weirdness and, and dream logic that nonetheless works out by the end you know it's kind of like the best of david lynch where you're like that was messed up but i get it you know yeah um and 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 her character is not um you know there's not that the term existed in the 30s but she's not a, a mary sue or a marty stew you know she's very capable but she is human and flawed and she's very impetuous uh she has a tremendous temper which is sort of her superpower in a way it kind of helps her get through situations and uh yeah. but also can cause her to brush into you know stuff or do something and feel oh crap i should have done that later uh you know uh, i mean she her temper is conveyed so well too it's not just the red hair i mean what i love about her appearance that we Checked. Nobody in all of the art of her over all these years has ever done this until our cover art uh, with her. Mm. Uh, canonically, she has these lion yellow eyes. And you might think, yellow eyes, that's weird. But yeah, they all, yellow eyes and the red hair, I'll, you'll yeah. see in the cover art, man. It's great. I love it. Uh, but she's just, everything about her just is so, so intense. Um, you know, and it's kind of tossed off a, a line at one point. She says, I'm no stranger to light loving, like whatever, you know, she's not, you know, she, she wants yeah. to see with the guy she will, who cares, you know? Um, and so she's very, you know, she pursues whatever she wants to do, you know, but she's not what you, I, I would ever call a, a sexualized character. Um, and, uh, and one thing actually I really love. Okay. So Seal Moore has been dead for decades, right? She died yeah. in 1989. So what is this new story, Oliver? Is this something that she wrote and it was left in a drawer? No. She put out all the stories that she wrote and she moved on and did other things with her career. 
Um, so this is what you would call a pastiche, which is when you write a story as close as you can to the style of the author whilst they're trying to bring something new to the equation. Mm. And this story is written by an accomplished author named Molly Tanzer. She has written many books. You can just give her a Google if you want to check out her bibliography. But one of the reasons I wanted to work with her, other than the fact that she came, frankly, highly recommended by people I trust, uh, was the fact that she edited an anthology called Swords vs. Cthulhu, which is a very fun yeah. anthology of basically what it sounds like, sword and sorcery that stories that like are fun. particularly thickly riven with the mythos of Lovecraftian mm. uh, type stuff. So, you know, easy, easy premise to understand, and it's a great read, and it makes it very clear that, you know, she can't just... She not only writes it, but she can understand it well enough to edit it and oversee an anthology. And I mean, that really spoke well to me. So, you know, and we uh, we had a phone call, as you would, where she kind of was getting to know me and, you know, do I want to work with this guy? And I was thinking, oh, is she the right person? To, you know, because I'd, I'd spoken with the estate of CL Moore. I'd gotten the rights. I'd paid the money, signed the contract. You know, who do I entrust now with this precious prize of getting to write the first new Jarelle of Jury story in 85 years uh, since Hell's Garden 39? Um, mm -hmm. And uh she said a lot of the things i've already kind of shared with you that made it clear about like what jarell is about and you know but then she said one thing that made me laugh and go yeah i think she gets it jarell has terrible taste in men <laughs> yeah and it's kind of part of the fun along with the fact that she's not a very nice person sometimes you you know she is a 14th century warlord she has a dungeon of her okay. own uh you know i mean that's what she got thrown in right it was her own castle in that first story uh and and she you know she likes kind of big hunky guys that are not very nice or whatever uh and it's it's kind of her vice it's kind of fun i'll just say that yeah. so yeah that was one of many many different aspects of jarelle along with the say say her fiery temper her faith actually which is an unusual thing you don't get much in the way of sword and sorcery characters with faith um, mm. And the fact that she so often goes into these weird, dreamlike, strange realms, uh, you know, uh, all, all this has been swirled together by Molly Tanzer into a new 12,000 word story. We wanted to really give this double the length space that we normally give stories yeah. in the magazine. It'll have double art, right? It'll have two illustrations or four if we hit our first stretch goal, which once again is double art. Better bloody well hit that. Uh, <laughs> I'm all for more um, art, always. <laughs> um, yeah. The story is called uh, Jarell and the Court of Truth. And uh, I mean, okay, I'm here, I'm pitching, I'm telling you about this. Of course, I'm going to say it's great, blah, blah, blah. But mm. for real, like, if it wasn't bloody wonderful, I would I would probably minimize this and move on quickly. Yeah, we got a new Jarell yeah. story anyway, you know, and yeah. <laughs> kind of start talking Pretty about much. other aspects of the magazine. I'm spending all this time talking about it. Aside from the fact that I think Jarell Jury is a really cool character I want more people to know about. She's so foundational to fantasy fiction in general and sword and sorcerer in particular. Um, you know, once you know her, you'll know a lot of like things you've seen later oh that must have been influenced by you know which is always fun mm. um and she's just they're empirically good stories to read they work well you know even now you know it's not like they feel outdated or whatever um yeah. but i think what molly's written jarell in the court of truth is a perfect <sighs> don't don't say anything's perfect because then you set people up to go oh yeah yeah they, they try and find trouble with it it accomplished every successful. goal i yeah, yeah. I, it accomplished every goal I, I had as an editor. It feels like uh, it follows Seal Moore stories very nicely. Uh, it has Easter eggs for people who know the stuff, but you don't have to know any of that to enjoy the story. It works yeah. very well for people who've read all the old stories a hundred times and is a great introduction to the character. If you've never heard of Seal Moore before, you can read this and understand it and enjoy the hell out of it. And it even ends on a note, which is satisfying for the story unto itself. It closes the narrative. But leaves us in a fun place where if we get to do more, you know, it could be a yeah. launch pad to more. Perfect. So we'll, we'll yeah. see what happens. Um, nice. Yeah, I'm just so excited. So excited to be bringing the, uh, this character back. 
so yeah that's definitely like as you can tell from me going on a bit pardon me uh that is that is one of the big things we're bringing uh this year and i, I look forward to people discovering this character and, and checking her out now i mean it's cool. really I've on for amazing a Sorry, guys. you got you keep getting these like you know you got a, a new elric story you've gotten someone to rewrite it to write a new story in a legacy franchise you're really yeah. pulling out some big stuff for this and it, you're you only like things four issues in yeah like you, you yeah, don't do well, things by uh, you know i <laughs> cheers yeah i mean you know I do, I do my best i mean i made a pretty crappy breakfast this morning but with the magazine i try to put my <laughs> back into it <laughs> fair but i mean like it's clearly paying off because you like mm. like i said you, yeah okay you may have by chance uh gotten Moorcock's uh email to send him a message you still yeah. landed him for the the first issue and now you've done this as well like like no downplay here man like that's awesome mm, the fact you. you've done Absolutely. it twice in a row now it does set up expectations though right i was thinking you know, once yeah. i got this set up i was like oh crap what am i going to do in 2025 you know at this point i feel like i'd have to like you know raise robert e howard from the dead <laughs> you'll find a way it's okay, oh, it's okay. <laughs> oh my god yeah no, I, I actually the funny thing is I'm already daydreaming about what we might do next year because <laughs> I mean yeah. that's publishing, right? You think about the, the way publishing works; it's it's a very slow, long term thinking kind of thing. So yeah, mm. of course I'm already thinking about the, the following year. But you know, I uh, yeah, I, I hope we're we're building people's faith that whatever we do, you know, whether or not you're familiar with whatever character we get or author we get, that we've chosen something that's very high quality and that you'll enjoy them. Uh, yeah. So so yeah yeah no, I'm really excited about issues three and four and, and I, I still have, I you know I've got notes here for me folks because I literally forget all the things we're doing like you know yeah bookmark ribbons will be in the hardcovers again I'm very happy about that there's a stealth mm. uh, stretch goal uh, otherwise stretch goals this year the very first one is double art the very second one I remember I talked about this last year and it was kind of way higher up and it was a bit out of reach for us last year this time the second stretch goal only the second one is international shipping discount. Which I'm okay you know, with if you're on the <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm talking to Australians here, right? So I figured that yeah. would go over okay. Yeah, if we hit that stretch goal, uh Canadians get five US dollars off of the shipping and everybody who lives in the country known as international, uh <laughs> so everywhere outside of North America gets uh ten bucks off because we, we do appreciate nice. shipping's a bit dire uh, these days. Yeah. Yeah. And then after that, uh, it's it's nonstop uh, writer pay bump, then author pay bump, mm. then writer pay bump, then author pay bump, just to infinity and beyond. Why would I put a roof on that? Yeah, uh, because yeah, we care about our creators and we want them to get paid as well as possible. You know, oh, and absolutely. that's a, one of the sort of weird. Pardon me. I absolutely, I agree with that. I always loved that in the first, like the stretch goals, just the constant pay increases. Like, yes, you get the things. Well, yeah, like, I mean, we've made the magazine already pretty good, I think, at base level. Uh, I don't think we need to have a bunch of stretch goals for, like, gilding the lily too much. Yeah. Uh, and then the double other than the double art, which gives the artists a second piece to do. So, that's, you know, that's Probably. kind of a pay raise, uh, sort of. Um, and uh, to me, it's just this kind of thing of, like, the double art thing is great because, uh, you know, it incentivizes people to want to back it more. Uh, and, and then the uh, shipping thing will hopefully incentivize people outside of North America to, or outside of the States, period, really, uh, to go for the physical copies, which I personally am so yeah. in love with. Uh, and then the, there's two things combined, I hope, will, will drive us up through those pay bumps for the creators. Um, because, mm -hmm. yeah, like, I, I, you know, I wish I could just at base level pay them, a, you know, a huge sum. Uh, but 
If I did that, the minimum goal of this thing would make it probably not happen. And then nobody yeah. gets paid anything, right? So this is the kind of dance you do as a publisher. You really want to do well by the people you're, you're, you're you know, when you do the crowdfunding model, you really want to do well by the people you're working with, but you also want to make sure the thing actually yeah. like happens. So bang, yeah, that's the beauty of stretch goals, right? We can hopefully, I yeah. think this time around, go further than we did last year. Uh, yeah, I'm very, I'm very optimistic uh, for how that will go. So, but, uh, we'll see, we'll see. Um, what, what sort of, of, like, brackets have we got with the, with this one this time? Um, oh, know, like, like the flitch sure teams? Be, yeah, 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 like, like what, what, what we're gonna get. Oh, okay. Well, the funny thing is, we're we're not that far. We're about 19 days, 18 days from launch as we're recording this. And you better believe there's still some last minute scrabbling around. <laughs> that's how that goes. Oh, always. So. Yeah, so the, 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 my point in saying that is that uh, the pledge tiers are still being finalized. But I can promise this at least. I can promise this at least. Um, we have a silly little one that's like, for $2, you don't get anything, but you can get the updates on the campaign. And you know what? Yeah. People get that. Sometimes people yeah. just want to be getting all the updates. Uh, and then sometimes near the end, they go, okay, fine. And they upgrade to like, you know, soft cover or whatever. Uh, yeah. So we do have that. If you just want to, you know, just kind of hang around the campaign and, and enjoy the community stuff bucks um we also uh, of course have digital get both issues in digital we have uh soft cover get both issues in soft cover also i want to point out another reason to get this during the crowdfund uh the digital issues if you get soft or hardcover you get the digital as well for free uh they're sold separately oh, nice. later so that's another reason yeah. to get things in the crowdfund if you want to have all the formats right um mm. so yeah there's soft cover there's hardcover and then there's a tier that i threw on kind of like ah who's gonna get this you know last year uh, all formats, so you would get each issue in soft cover and hardcover and digital. Um, actually, we had about twenty people go for that <laughs> last year. Some people yeah. want all of it. Uh, so, and honestly, God bless you all. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> that is a nice tier for me as a publisher. Thank you, thank you for getting at that tier. Um, well, so, I'm yes, sorry, I'm only going to back it hardcover myself. <laughs> yeah, you cheap bastard! No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's a, by the way, a pro tip, a good sales technique is to call people bastards. Um, but yes, it so, works uh, a lot. <laughs> I mean, some people like it, uh, but yes, yeah, so yeah. we, so those are the basics and I know for sure we're going to have those yeah. now after that. Well, what is there, right? There's going to be like the wacky thing. Like, you know, sometimes people like to put on Kickstarters, like the ones you expect. And then they have like for $10,000, I'll kiss your mom, uh, you know, or whatever, yeah. just nonsense. Um, and, and once in a blue moon, somebody gets those, right. You know, a platinum coated, mm -hmm. whatever. Um, I didn't do any of those last year. I thought, you know, let's just give people the magazine. You know, the old, the old formats one felt kind of like that to me. But like I said, people got it. So hooray. Um, this year, I feel like I was like, okay, well, what is something I, I, we, we could do for that? So I am contemplating these as of recording. We may have them. One is uh, I've been told by enough people now, I, you know, I do it for a bit of money on the side as well as, of course, doing it, uh, you know, through the magazine professionally kind of thing. Uh, I am an editor. I'm, I, I, I edit uh, short fiction. I've edited many people's work at this point. Uh, I've, of course, edited every single name you see in the magazine. Uh, so if you yourself are a writer, and ideally sword and sorcery, but I actually am quite comfortable with other genres, um, I think we're going to have a tier, just a very limited one, just for a few people, maybe three, maybe five, uh, where you get like the magazine, but also uh, I will edit your short story uh, of, oh, of a great. certain length. Uh, and you know what? I'll I'll call it. Let's say five thousand words. You know, yeah. sort of the middle yeah. uh, of what we do the magazine. So if you like the magazine, if you like what's in there, and you think, oh, I, I you know, I'm, I'm, I would like to get some professional help with my work, uh, as well as mm -hmm. get the issues. Uh, that's something I think I'm going to offer. I think. 
Um, and the other one, I have to talk with the artists about this. So I, I don't know yet, but I like the idea. Okay, mm. so um, there's a there's a term for this, and I'm totally forgetting it. It's like somethingization or whatever, but it's like where um, you get your name given to a character in a story, right? So like sometimes oh, people yes. do this where they like crap under whatever, and then it's like, you know, and then Elric encountered Barry, and like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so people, yeah, I've seen some crowdfunds do that, and that's cool, but I've seen people do that. So I was like, what can I do that yeah. I haven't seen? I'm sure someone's done this, but I haven't seen it. And I thought, oh, you know what? I'm going to talk to our artists, and I think I'm going to see if I can get one artist, because I don't want to do this too much, but just for one yeah. person who gets this pledged here, uh, I want to put your face on a character in the art of one of the stories. Uh, so, you That'd know, maybe fun. you'll be like a palace guard or something like that, yeah. you know, something that makes sense. Obviously, I'm not going to put you on, the, on a monster. That would be mean. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, some human, humanish character that's in one of the stories, if you want to get your face in the magazine, uh, mm. then that that's would be cool. a, a one that's or maybe really cool at most two people can get it here. Uh, yeah. So that's a fun extra thing. So yeah, that's, so that's, really that's, that's it. I, I, other than that, I just, I, I don't know, man. Like I say, once in a while you get people who they put like $10,000 and we'll make you a producer on the short film. I, yeah. it, I, I can't think of anything like that for the magazine, but uh, if I think of it, it will be there. I promise. Yeah. I think those two are, are really good actually. Mm. Cause like it definitely like the minute you said, like, get your face in the magazine. I'm like, how much have I got in savings? I don't know what to all right, well there you go. So I so I hope I can get an artist to go along with it. I'm sure I can, but I, yeah, I just yeah, that was something I was like, okay, that's, that's, that'd be yeah. kind of fun. I like that, uh, and it gives me something fun to do. Of like, where you know, where do I put your face and what story that kind of thing. Um, yeah, and otherwise, yeah, you know, we'll have some add-ons that we haven't. You know, last year we didn't really have add-ons because we were so new. This time around, if you want to get caught up, uh, you know, you could get issues one and two in soft cover or digital. Uh, as an add-on yep. so that's uh, if you're coming into this and going oh issue three and four i don't know well yeah get issue three and four and get caught up get one and two yeah. while you're at it so that's an option um as i say people who are not returning backers or miss the first 48 hours of the crowdfund can get those stickers as an add-on uh that i mentioned earlier um and yeah i i the enamel pin will be a fun add-on as well uh, yeah. after people vote on whatever the colors are so yeah i'm definitely uh, getting that there, and there there might be an extra freebie i'm contemplating putting in uh Okay, I'm gonna commit. I'm gonna commit. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna on, on here exclusive. You right here. Heard. Um, okay, so what? This might get a little in the in the numbers in the weeds, but follow me on this, folks. So okay, so camp, crowdfunding campaigns—they always have a follow this campaign page that goes up before they actually launch, right? Yeah. Because the hope is to have just like a little like a business card saying, "Hey, a uh, new book from so and so, new board game, whatever it is." Uh, you know, you want to be there on day one, hit this button and follow and we'll email you the second it goes live kind of thing, right? And that yeah. number of how many campaign followers you have, like that's an important metric, of course, for people mm. like me who are running yeah. campaigns. You want as many people as possible. So last year, we were kind of figuring things out, kind of getting our act together. We didn't have that up until about 17 days before we were going to launch. You know, ideally, it's a month. Um, and by the time we launched, I thought we did pretty good, but all considered, uh, we had 270 people when we press the big red button yeah. to launch the campaign. Um, so that was great because a lot of people backed us and so on. Yeah, cool. All right, this time around, we have our act together <laughs> um, <laughs> and we you know, made the, the, the follow page you know, go, go up 30 days in advance, which is like mm -hmm. best practice. Um, and back again, one of the reasons I like them is you can put a bit more detail. So it's actually like a mini campaign page. It has a lot more detail. It has like the art of Jarell. You know, you can actually check out some yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we have that. And I was trying to think of how to drive followers and get more and we got we got more pretty quickly uh you know uh 
more quicker than we did last time because we've had this year to build expectations. But I really wanted to hit that 270 as soon as possible. I wanted to go past that because, of course, I want more followers than last time. And we got to a place where we were around 220 or something. And my uh, layout and design guy, Nathan, uh, Nathaniel Webb, a uh, great fellow, uh, he said to me, he's like, Oliver, you ever think about getting the logo? You know, our logo is pretty cool. You ever think about getting like a tattoo? And I was like, <laughs> shit. I've never had a tattoo before. I've never had an idea that I liked enough. I always got, I was one of those guys. I was always, I always got close. I had ideas, but never quite. And then I thought, this is a really good design. And it symbolizes something really cool that I put, you know, a lot of my heart and soul into. It really means something to me. But ever the publisher, I was like, I got to use this I to, to get people excited about the magazine. So I was like, okay, yeah. everybody, if we hit before, you know, that week, uh, you know, this is, this is now past. I said, if we hit, before this week is over, you know, which I'll say midnight Saturday, I'll be nice, you know, not Friday mm-hmm. night, midnight Saturday. If we hit 270 followers, then I will add a stretch goal or like an unlockable kind of thing, where if we get this many uh, Facebook shares of the campaign or we get so many backers, whatever, some condition, uh, I will get the tattoo of the logo. Nice. Now, we got close. People, people, as I expected, liked that idea and they were sharing, like, you know, like make Oliver get a tattoo in 2024, you know? Uh, yeah. But we did, we, it was close. We got 250-something, 255. And so I thought, okay, okay, well, I can kind of live with that. Maybe that maybe I'll get a tattoo next time. Uh, yeah. You know, I'll bring it back, I'm sure. But in the meanwhile, I don't want to disappoint people. Like, it's like, okay, we got close. That was very exciting. But, well, I can do, oh, wait a minute. And I thought, you know, okay, the sticker book thing is already me. Like, Oliver, age 10, is kind of driving this thing a little bit. I was <laughs> like, what about temporary tattoos? So I've looked into it, and as a consolation prize and a thank you to the people who, you know, shared and were trying to get us to that 270 in that first week, which, by the way, we've blown past it now, so I'm very happy. Um, But yeah, uh, there will be a free newish Thorn Sorcery temporary tattoo logo uh, with every physical backer's uh, uh, order. That's amazing. (laughs) I love that. I'm sure I've got some space still. Yeah, it's a goof and it's fun and I love it. And I look forward to people putting, you know, up silly pictures of them, you know, with a tattoo on their biceps or their foreheads. I don't know, whatever. Give yourself a third eye. Uh, It's going to be so many butt cheeks, man. Yeah, shit. Mostly How did I chef, not think of that? The chef on fucking Twitter is just going to be butt cheeks with your logo. Oh, be great. Oh, my God. And I'm and guaranteeing or, half of them with John Doe, who's just not here at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I'm really getting familiar with this one set of arse cheeks. Um, <laughs> 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 um, wow, and actually that kind of reminds me, um, if you guys were fans of the uh, <coughs> the American comedy uh, community, Dan Harmon's thing, yeah. if you ever watched mm-hmm. that. Yeah, but, uh, their social media was very fun. It was fun to follow the actors. And um, because they knew a lot of people were kind of ogling Alison Brie for a laugh, uh, what mm. they did is they got one of the guys to uh, have his ass cheeks photographed, and then they did yes. uh, uh, which cleavage is it uh, on their social media? People <laughs> 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 like, oh, is that uh, her breast? Like, nope, uh, messed up. It's uh, it's, uh, it's the lead guy's uh, ass. Uh, I hope you enjoy. Yeah. And so I'm just imagining that with the tattoo. Anyway. <laughs> oh, be perfect. But um, but anyway, but anyway. So, but this is what I mean, right? This is the kind of like, this is the, I don't know, the kind of fun I'm trying to have with this, yeah. you know, whatever, whatever, mm. even, even when there's like a quote unquote failure, oh, we only got 255 by the end of the week. I'm like, yeah. well, what is, how is this an opportunity to do something fun that I haven't seen other people? 
do. And so that's just the philosophy I'm trying to bring to everything in the magazine. Uh, and we're always trying to improve it. You know, like I said, you know, from issue zero to issue one and two, I thought, you know, well, hang on. We should be crediting the artists on the title page of the story as well as the authors. And we did that. Mm. And I saw feedback. People really appreciated it. So that was cool. So, you know, I pay attention to like what readers are saying, what they're into, you know, what they liked. Uh, whether it's uh, something as simple as I like the story by this person or I, you know, like this tweak of uh, the format. Um, and so, you know, and, and if I can do something fun like the sticker page or the, <laughs> the tattoos, you know, whether it's a success or a failure, it gives me an opportunity to try and do something fun. That's, 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 that's our ethos for the whole thing, the whole thing. Hmm. So I, I, I hope that'll, that'll carry through nice and get people excited uh, enough to, to back us and let us keep going. Um, so, yeah, I, yeah. I, whew, yeah, yeah, that's the magazine. I do have a question for you. Um, it relates to something we actually talked about last time you were on here. Oh, okay. Please. Um, last time we were, to we were talking to you, we were talking about all the artists and the artwork, and trust me, now that I've had the books, holy shit, those people mm. absolutely killed it. Last time you were on here, we were talking about next time maybe doing an art book. <sighs> I know. I have. I actually haven't. Not, as you can tell from that side, it's not happening. Sorry, folks. Yeah. I have thought about it hard. I really have. And honestly, when I say it's not happening, I just mean it's not happening in this crowdfund. Yeah. yeah. If we get to a place where I have the the resources, it really just comes down to that. It just comes down to resources, um, not lack of desire. I mean, I would love it. Obviously, if I care enough about the art, right? I, I want an art book. Um, I would love to do a digital and physical art book. I really would. Yeah. Um, but it comes down to the fact that quite barely, you know, you, you need to pay the artists again. You can't just use oh, the yeah. art for free. You, you know, that's that's because that's not what they sold you, right? They sold you their labor yeah. for the one use in the magazine and, you know, promotional yeah. shit. Um, so I just simply haven't had the budget for it yet. However, no, uh, I do I do look forward to when we can do that. I do want to do that. And this kind of actually is a nice segue into maybe the last thing uh, I can chat about with you guys that's relevant. I mean, I can chat about, you know, you want to talk about the latest season <laughs> of some show, I'll, I'm right there with you. Um, but uh, yeah, um, so if this crowdfund succeeds, this is another like off the book stretch goal, but this is yeah. one I can tell you about. Um, if this crowdfund succeeds and the more, the better it succeeds, the better this, this other thing will go. I won't just be doing the magazine anymore. I'll be publishing books. I want to expand the magazine into a publishing house. Um, I mean, house sounds very dramatic, but that's what you call it, a yeah. publishing house, even if it's just, you know, me yeah. and some friends. Uh, but yeah, uh, so, okay, so what does that mean exactly? Well, I can tell you guys a little bit about what we have planned uh, without getting lost in the details too much. Uh, what I hope is if this succeeds then in June, uh, it's, these, these are the plans, we'll see what the reality is, but the plans are in June we will be crowdfunding an anthology. Uh, featuring some authors from the magazine, some authors from outside the magazine, and it will be blending sword and sorcery with another very successful genre. I don't want to give mm. away which one it is just yet. So the other authors will be like from that genre will be kind of taking people in and swirling them around. So yeah. I'm very excited about that. It'll be our very first book. Um, and then uh, in the fall of this year, I'm going to be doing something that's like a little retro, but a little like, I think, you know, again, I, I, if you if you don't know the thing I'm referring to, I always want to make sure you still enjoy it. So don't worry if you don't know what I'm referring to when I say there used to be something published. Uh, other companies did this later, but uh, there was a company called Ace that did all kinds of various paperbacks. And they actually published a line of Conan books in the 60s that made the character mm -hmm. famous again. That You can thank them for the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie and stuff that came after because of that those books. Yeah, Ace did a series called Ace doubles 
And so what a double would be is you would get like a paperback book and on one side you would see the cover and the name, you know, so-and-so book by such and such author with some cool art. And then you would take the book and turn it upside down, right? And flip it around. And on the back end would not be back cover blurb for the novel. It would be another novel. It'd be another cover, another artist and author. Um, and so you got two books in one, hence a double, yeah. right? Um, and it was usually a fun way to have like a big name on one side and like a lesser known name on the other side. And so you buy it for the big name and you get to check out the other guy, you know, kind of thing. Um, yeah, or a fun way of mixing genres sometimes. You know, the, the pairings were all very different. Um, but it was a really fun way and easy, easy to carry two books in one, right? So I'm thinking I want to do my own, you know, ace double. Uh, and mm -hmm. what we're going to do is we're going to pair uh, sword and sorcery novellas. Uh, each one will be written by uh, an author from the magazine with one of their characters from the magazine. But uh, in, in you know, classic sword and sorcery style, if you've read the other stuff, great. If you haven't, don't worry about it. You know, they'll be written as essentially character introductions. Uh, but longer form stories that I, I think, I think the novella is a very good length for sword and sorcery because yeah. it was born out of those pulp magazines of the 30s, which were mostly short stories or novelette length, which is about 12,000 words. Um, and sometimes novella length, actually, they'd be in installments across many issues, right? Like um, the classic the People of the Black Circle by Conan, uh, by Conan, <laughs> by Robert E. Howard, the Conan story. Uh, that was four installments, right? And that's up to about novella length. It's like 30 odd thousand words. Um, so, yeah, so it's, I think it works well for the, because we come in this tradition of shorter serialized storytelling. So the novella works for me, uh, you know. And so we'll have these two novellas, you know, as one book. And, uh, you know, I'm going to try and make it pretty. It's going to be a mass market paperback, you know, classic size, not the trade, the bigger floppy guys that we, you know, we tend to see in stores now. Um, and it'll be easy to put literally in your pocket. And I want to really pretty it up as much as we can. I know at, at base level, I really want to put what are called spray edges. So if you've ever been like rooting through a secondhand bookstore, because this tends to be a thing more of older books, because it's like yeah. it makes it cost a little more. So publishers don't like to do it anymore. Um, the edges of the pages will be sprayed. Uh, you know, painted a fun color. Yeah. You know, you often see a whole line of books. So yeah. these are the blue ones or the gray ones or whatever, right? Green ones. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so I don't know what's going to be our color, but we'll, it will be, you know, some fun spray edges. And I already know one of the stretch goals is going to be like a two page full color art spread we'll put in the middle as a way of dividing the two books inside. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and it'll keep you from accidentally flicking over from the ending to the other ending. <laughs> Um, yeah. I mean, it's upside down. So, uh, so yeah, so I, 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 I can't really tell I'm getting too much detail, but I'm really looking forward to doing that. And then, and then mm -hmm. the last thing I'll mention is if all this goes well, if all this goes well, I want to get to a place where those two novellas will be like, in a way, the very first, uh, the, the, the launch pad into 2025 and us doing novella series. I really like the idea oh, yeah. of solo novella series where each year you'll get a new installment of a new adventure with the, with this character in this world and you can read it on its own. That's always going to be very important to me. But, you know, maybe you get it and go, oh, I really like this. Oh, it's number four. Okay, I, I, I'll go back and get those other ones, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm oh, you can tell, I'm very passionate about growing the magazine out into a book publisher. Mm. And it's just so fun to be able to share this news with you guys. You've been with me, you know, from basically the beginning of this whole venture with the Blood, Sweat and Tears freebie issue zero. Um, and where's it going to keep going? I don't know. Maybe we'll be talking in 10 years and I'll be telling you about the animated film or whatever. <laughs> so oh, we can hope. <laughs> Oh, All I know yeah. is I'm going to need more fucking shelf space. That sounds a bit like yeah. I'm going to need more bookshelves. <laughs> well, I'm getting Pretty two good. more issues of this, and then I've got an anthology I'm apparently getting, and then there's some novellas. <laughs> Watch. It'll be good. I'm sorry. The I, I, I will say this, though. It, though. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, not sorry. I, I, 
Well, I, well I, 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 I will say this though, because like, I appreciate that maybe, maybe that sounds overwhelming. Oh, he's going to start producing all this stuff. He's going to be asking me to get all this stuff. Oh, Jesus. Um, but like, I, I, I am a, a reader and a, and a customer, as it were, you know, too, right? Like, I'm also a, you know, a reader, a fan, whatever. Um, I'm not just a guy who makes things, of course. That'd be weird. I don't know what I'd make if I didn't also <laughs> consume this, all this fun stuff. Yeah. And my point of mentioning that is that I also, like, it's kind of like with the newsletter, right? Like, remember I said earlier, um, our newsletter, I send it out very rarely, and I like to send it out just when there's some <clears> actual news, as opposed to just saying, oh, hello, my cat farted, you know, every week. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, if you like that, that's cool, but that's not what obviously my preference. And the reason I mentioned that in the context of us publishing books, what's, what's your point, Oliver, is um, I like to only put something out, whether it's a newsletter or a magazine issue or a book. Um, if I think I've put my best into it and it's really worth your time, yeah. I, you do not want to crank stuff out. If I wanted to uh, get rich, Right by just cranking stuff out, I would be making I don't know batteries. Like you know what I mean? Like, it's Pretty like, much. This is this this is something you do because um, you're really passionate about it. And 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 does publishing sometimes have things that are kind of cranked out and whatever? Sure, yeah. but me, it's I I would do something else if that's how I felt about things. So so if it sounds a bit like oh Jesus Oliver is going to be asking me to get all these things, well honestly, first of all, you don't have to get them. Yeah. <laughs> I will not come by your house and, and hurt you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's the the thing you were just discussing then, um, yeah. when you were talking about the novellas. That you might not get the first one or two. You might pick one up mm. later and then go back. We're not. Yeah. I'm a horrible exactly. person with bad impulse control, so I'm probably going to buy it all. <laughs> yeah, but well, from my as a, as a businessman's point of view, that's you're not horrible at all. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, but like that style of book um, doesn't require you to get every single issue now. Yeah, you can pick well, it up exactly. later and then get in on it. Yeah, yeah, and 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 then part of that comes from the fact that I grew up loving. I mean, I still do, but you know, I grew up loving comic books, and I remember being a little frustrated with like, you know, I was coming up in the in the nineties, and that was when Marvel comics really, really went wild with the yeah. massive multi-title crossovers in X Men. Yeah. And it, you know, you you have little guides on the inside cover, like, well, if you want to know what the hell's happening in this one, you better go get Cable, blah blah blah. You better get X Force, blah blah blah. You know, and it's just like yeah. I'm like, I have an allowance. I'm twelve. I can't do I, this. I cannot get ninety comics every month to know why uh, Wolverine's mad at this guy. Uh, yeah. And I mean, it also created the phenomenon where you got used to piecing stories together, right? You're like, well, I got yeah. part seven, nine, and uh, two. Um, but anyway, that's a whole other story. But So my point is, I remember that feeling, and I try and remember those yeah. kinds of frustrations when I'm, I'm making my stuff. So, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I, I hope you get them all. You, I will reward you, essentially, by, with funny strikes and stuff if you get them all. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, if, if, you, if you get, like, part three later and then go, okay, and go back, like, that works, too. Um, but yeah. whatever parts you get, whether, you know, whatever you're getting from me, uh, whether it's those novellas I hope to do eventually, whether it's the Bracken double, as I'm calling it, I won't call it that when we publish it, uh, but the, the, the Brackenbury double, um, or the anthology, or to rewind us all back to the present here, issues three and four of New Age of and Sorcery. Mm. If you get it, you'll know it's, you're getting something that I really feel is worth your time. And yeah. because I, it's worth my time and blood, sweat and tears to produce it. Right. You know, I wouldn't mm. put my, yeah, like I said, I wouldn't, I, mean, I wouldn't do it if I just wanted to crank out crap. So, yeah. I'd say if you put out something of at least equal value to issue one and two, it would have been like, you know, goals met.
But everything yeah. you've told us today is like, no, no, you've learned so many things from the first go round. You put it into the second one that I don't think it'd be unfair for me to say we're probably expecting something better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can hope. But well, one of those things like. <laughs> No, That's I know. This is the fun dance, right? Where I'm like, I want to get people excited, but I don't want to set expectations too high. Oh no, well, I want to find that sweet spot. But I mean, I'm not saying like. I know, I know. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing but myself. Like, you don't want to know Man's Sky I mean, yourself. Honestly, you've yeah, 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 so much <laughs> and done so many things. It's from what you talked about to us over the, the, this chat that I can't imagine it being any less than better than the last one. Yeah. And I think, it, and I think it will be. No, I appreciate that. But uh, yeah, as you just said about the No Man's Sky thing, yeah. If I come yeah. on here sometime and I'm like, "All right, get this. It's going to be a massive multiplayer online sword and sorcery game that you basically live in, <laughs> and uh, you, you you buy crypto to." But yeah, uh, uh, yeah. If I that's when we that, panic. That's when I hit the yeah, stop that's button when, and we stop the interview. <laughs> so we know the yeah, that's when you just hit the button and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah, we've we've been talking for almost an hour and a half, so I, sh- I feel I should you know close my my big fat mouth. But thank you again so much for uh, having me back. And as I say, it's fun sort of you know having this kind of like check in with you guys, like okay, well, where we're at now, kind of thing. It's it's nice. Uh, we're we're yeah, the OG we're, we're interview crew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Some so, random so, Australians yeah, who the, somehow the got the invite. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it all works out, right? Um, well, I mean, so, it's so, like... so, yeah, I guess. Uh, so yeah, I guess I, what I should probably say at the, at the end here, just to reiterate for folk, if you're hearing this and going, well, where do I go? Well, I, I hope you guys will put the link in the show notes. Oh, uh, yeah, of course, I, I say will. I hope, but they will. They're good at this. Um, but if you're hearing me and, and you can't be bothered to look at show notes, who, who does that? Uh, I don't know. Uh, then you can, of course, find the magazine at newedgeswordandsorcery.com. I've no doubt during the crowdfund, we will have a big button on there saying, go to the crowdfund. But also, yeah. you can go to backerkit.com and search for New Edge Sword and Sorcery. I promise we are the only New Edge Sword and Sorcery magazine on Backerkit. Uh, yeah. So it's pretty easy to find us. If you're not, we have to hunt the other ones down. There can be only one. Oh my Highlander. God. Highlander. <laughs> <laughs> I bloody would. Yeah. I've enticed you all to check it out. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We're, we're Is there anything else you guys want to ask me about before we go? Um, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Um, as mm. usual, I've got like, I, I had a list of things to ask you, and it's like, oh, he's just covered everything. Yeah. <laughs> Oddly <laughs> enough, it's just well. let Oliver's passion go, and he'll answer your questions in due time. <laughs> yeah. Easiest interview ever. We haven't uh, asked questions half the time. <laughs> but, uh, I'm sorry. But, <laughs> oh, good. But no, we look forward to this one again. Uh, we're, to be honest, I think all three of us will end up backing this one again. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I want to do better than 14th backer this time. Yeah. And we'll be higher. <laughs> we're going to be fighting for that first place. Like, we, we want that prize. I want the but, mystery yeah. gift. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, what is, I forget what the time zones. What is it like um, 11 o'clock in the evening uh, for you? Uh, so uh, I'm hit right now? It's twelve forty one. Yeah. Now, yeah, but like I'll be launching at eight AM Eastern Standard yeah. Time. So I think Oh, that would be eleven o'clock here. Yeah. Okay, okay. So not too bad. It's not like you have to be up at like four AM. Um, and chances are we'll be yeah, up that late um, anyway. 
Yeah, we're real yeah. night owls. <laughs> yeah. I miss being a night owl. I uh, This new puppy uh, that's having me up at 5.30 every morning. She's very good at learning tricks, but will not learn to sleep in. <gasps> oh, no, they never do. <laughs> Fuzzy alarm um, clocks, aren't they great? <laughs> uh, my one does gymnastics. Up. I have a cat. And if I when I get up for work, I feed him. But on the weekend, mm. I, of course, sleep in. He doesn't like that. He no. <laughs> goes into our kitchen, runs all the way down the hall, does the slight left to get into the hall with my room on it, and then catapults off of the door. Yeah. Nice. Not nice. like me sleeping in on the weekends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's what they say, right? Like, kids and dogs, they don't understand uh, hangovers. <laughs> mm. <laughs> they do not know what Definitely. hangovers are. So you'll, you'll get woken up anyway. Um, mm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, like I said, I, I think I said everything I could possibly say about yeah. it. So, again, thank you so much for yeah. having me back on. Thank you oh, for, for coming back, and by all means, if you ever want to come back, drop us a bell. You're an absolute Ooh. delight to have. Yeah. Oh, cheers. Well, it's fun to, fun to chat with you guys, too. All right, then. I think we'll round that out for this one. Y'all have a good one. Yeah. Bye. Bye.